Hey, welcome to the Tradies Success Podcast. If you're loving the podcast, we'd love to help you start, scale, or automate your tradie business. We help everyone from startup all the way up to $1 million plus months, and would love to be able to help you too. So click the link in the show notes if you're interested in getting some support and joining an epic community of legends in the academy. We'd also appreciate if you're loving the podcast to leave a review. It helps us reach more people and help more tradies like you run successful businesses. All right, let's get into it. Hey everyone, we're here with Ari Galpa, the world's number one authority on trust-based selling. So excited to have you here, Ari. Thanks for joining us. I'm uh, looking forward to it. Thanks for having me. Yeah, really excited to dive into this. I was just saying before the show that we have a concept called value-based selling in the academy. So I'm really excited to find out more about tr- trust-based selling and how the pe- the listeners can uh, integrate this into their businesses and Definitely. lives, I guess, as well. You know, absolutely. This crosses all all communication. Yeah, amazing. So I'd love to find out a little bit about you. If you could give the listeners uh, a bit of a background, a bit of a story around you and, and how the concept sure. all came about, it would be great. We probably caught the accent. Uh, I'm an import here in Australia. I've been over 18 years in Sydney. Uh, I'm originally from California. I met my wife online on a dating site 18 years ago. Uh, she was living in, working in Los Angeles. We met in California and we dated. She comes out here. She said, come visit my family. I said, sure, I'll come out there. And we got engaged and uh, we got married and decided to, um, yeah, move out here. Uh, the story behind that, I'll tell you later on, but we've been here for 18 years now. I'm loving it. Three kids later, never loved Bondi. Awesome. And did you have your kids over in, in Sydney? No. So basically our first son, Toby, when he was born in LA, after after day, after day which was, after he was born, we were told that he had Down syndrome. And at first, we know our lives, we know there's a gift on our hands. If you know someone has Downs, you know they're, they're, they're beautiful people. They're loving, yeah. they're transparent, they're, they're always happy. And I wrote a book about him called Lessons from Toby, which is how to be centered in your personal life. So he's a big influence in our lives. And I decided to give him more support uh, and I to move over here because I had a small family over there. We found me here. So we literally moved uh, six months later, once we had him, uh, back over here. Amazing. Yeah. No, so, so authentic. Yeah. Uh, that's, uh, that's the lesson I learned from him for sure. Amazing. Cool. Thanks. Uh, so with the, uh, trust-based selling, yeah. So let's talk about the, the principle behind that and how did you end up coming to formulate the principle itself? Sure. Sure. So the way this came about was prior to moving out here, I was a sales manager in a software company. And we launched the first online website tracking data tools. Now it's called Google Analytics. Oh, um, wow. yeah, cool. But back then, actually, cost money. Now it's free. Yeah. But I was managing 18 people underneath at the time, and the big leads came across my desk. This one fall call, call came through. I got the call. Big opportunity, huge company. And we had a nice chat with the gentleman, and he agreed to a conference call and a live demo to show him our product. Mm. And if I close this one sale, it will double turnover the company in one go. It's a big, huge opportunity. Imagine every excitement in the office. So the day finally came, Friday, 4 o'clock in the afternoon. I'm in my conference room with my, our director. I closed the door behind me. Big, long conference table. Another table is the old school speakerphone. You know, the three legs on it. And, yeah, and I, yeah. I hit the dial tone. I dialed the number. He picks it up. And he's like, hey, Ari. I said, hey, how's it going? And he says to me, Ari, let us tell you who's with us on the phone line today. I was like, oh, great. Next thing I hear is, my name is Mike, I'm CEO. I was like, oh, this is good. My name is John, I'm head of global IT. This is even better. My name is Julie, I'm head of marketing. Amazing. I mean, everybody on this call was a decision maker, yeah, right? Amazing. Like, if it's going to happen, it's going to happen today because we're all there. So yeah. I introduced myself, described what we do. I gave them a live demo over the web of our product. And I'm showing this to them live. And I started these noise on the phone call, like, wow, this is great. This is amazing. This is fantastic. They started asking me all kinds of questions. How does it work? How do we install it? They had all the right kinds of questions. I had all the right kinds of answers. I mean, there was so much chemistry on this phone call. It was like a love fest on the phone. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They got the questions. You got the answers to yourself. Done deal. This is perfect. There's no resistance. I'm like, this is a dream come true. This is amazing. An hour goes by. They're excited. The call comes to a close and my guy says to me, Ari, this is great. We love this. Look, give us a call a couple of weeks, follow up with us, and we'll move this thing forward. I was like, oh, thank you. Perfect. Yeah. So I said my goodbyes. I took my arm and my hand, 
and I reach for the speakerphone on, on the button on the off button, as I'm reaching for the off button by complete accident, I hit the mute button instead of the off button. They were right next to each other and a small click happened and they thought I hung up the phone. Huh. And that split second, a voice inside of me says, Ari, go to the dark side, be a fly in the wall, go where no one's ever gone before in the world of sales. So I pulled my phone back for a couple seconds. They started talking amongst themselves, thinking I had left the call. Now, this is not a trick question. What would you imagine they would have said after a call like that? What would you expect them to say after a call like that? This is great. Let's do it. Exactly. <laughs> That's what they were telling me the whole time. I was, I was waiting for that. But let me tell you what they said word for word. I'll never forget it. That's why we're all here today. What they said was, they said, we're not going to go with him. Keep using him for more information and make sure uh, we shop someplace else cheaper. Knife wow. and heart twist. I was in a state of shock. Mm. I snapped out of it. I hit the off button. I turned my chair, looked at the wall, and I said to myself, what did I do wrong? I was professional. I wasn't pushy. I was competent. I was nice. I did it everything i was taught to do in selling mm. and the first big epiphany hit me you can tell me we think about this or not but somewhere along the way it has become socially acceptable not to tell the truth oh. to people who sell right yeah totally it's okay to say things like sounds good send me information wait send me a quote send me an email send me a quote. Send me a proposal yeah. <laughs> yeah and they never call you back we're going to send you a job. Yeah. We'll put you in the yeah. system and we'll send you a job. <laughs> exactly. And then they ghost you, right? Yeah. I was like, what the hell? What's going on here? This mm. is not right. You don't treat people like that. You don't lie to them. You tell them the truth. That's how I was brought mm. up. Yep. And then I said to myself, why were they afraid to just tell me the truth? Why are they playing the game with me? You know, I have no hidden, hidden agenda, here, agenda here. And I realized the reason why this is going on out there, even today, is because there is like this, this river of pressure, invisible, under the surface, that flows underneath every chat you have with a potential client. Now, you can't see it and they can't see it. But if, you can if you can remove the pressure from the process, their guard will come down and they'll feel comfortable telling you the truth of where they stand. And if you can build trust with people that way, you don't have to chase anybody ever again. And that became my whole unlock the game, trust by selling mindset shift, where your goal is not to focus on the sale anymore. Your goal is to focus on trust building only so they feel comfortable opening up to you. And that became the whole launch of my movement 20 years ago. That's uh, amazing. Oh, man. So a couple of questions. What size, like if you're allowed to say, what size deals were you dealing with uh, working with the Google well, well, that that deal there would have been worth like 50K. And that was yeah. just a big deal back then, you know, uh, big commission to me. And we were yeah. a startup. So it was really important to get that deal. So uh, then I also would I'll do other sales too that were lower transactions. But this approach really applies if you're doing more of a lower volume, higher margin sale. Because mm -hmm. there's a lot of trust that to be created for that to happen. Yeah, amazing. Cool. Yeah, I was thinking also, <laughs> you could have gone, you know, unmuted. It's like, I was listening to that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny. People always ask me, what would I have, what would I have done back then if I knew what I, what I know now? Yeah. And, and what the, would you answer, do? the answer to that is this, that I never would have had the call. Yeah. I would have figured out in advance what the agenda was, what their plan was, and decided whether we were fit or not from the beginning. Mm. I was thinking the whole time that they were going to build what you had built and they were trying to copy you. Because Who knows? Who knows? Yeah, but, um, but I find it fascinating because when you're telling that story, especially for, I would have had probably thousands of sales meetings in person uh, growing my electrical business back in Perth. Yeah. And I was learning every single time I'd learn something new. But like you were saying, you'd go in, you'd have this great conversation, you'd walk out just on top, top of a cloud, you know, like, yeah, that was so good. They love me. That was such a good energy. They said they're going to send me some work. And then I'd go and do, you know, 10 meetings in a week. And then all of a sudden, yep. nothing, yep. <laughs> nothing happens.
Um, and, and that's where I always say now that the sales happen in the follow-up because I know a lot of people will make that initial phone call, that initial drop-in and hope they get work from it and never follow up, never build trust, you know, and never yeah. really get to know the person. Yeah. Um, so super excited to hear, you know, the foundations and the process that Look, to that. really get this right, there's a couple of myths we should probably talk about because there's a lot of myths in the back of our mind about what we believe selling is all about. And you'll recognize some of these. Okay. One is that sales is a numbers game. Remember that yeah. one? Where the more contacts you make, the more sales you're supposed to make as well. That's the concept. Yeah. Well, we discovered this economy now after COVID, it's not about how many contacts you make anymore. It's about how deep you go on each conversation. How good you are at trust building, not how good you are at how many contacts you made. That's the yeah. first flip. The second myth is this idea that the sale is lost at the end of the process. And I've been there before. You had a deal pending. It all looked good and it just didn't go through. You were just telling me the story before. Well, we discovered now the sale is not lost anymore at the end of the process. It's now lost at the beginning. Oh, at hello. Yeah. And I'll prove it to you right now in a fun way. If someone okay. calls your office tomorrow morning and you pick up the phone and you hear, hi, my name is, I'm with, we are a, what goes through your mind in about three seconds? Oh, <laughs> that, <laughs> that sound. It's over at hello. We yeah. shut down immediately. And I'm not saying that your people are doing those calls, but I will say, make the case today that many of your listeners are losing their opportunities not at the end of the process, they're losing it where? At the beginning. Mm. It's a shock a lot of the people, you know? Mm. And the last one is, is the one where rejection is part of the game. If you can't take a no, you don't have thick skin, you're not made for success. Remember those, that old sales manager kept kind of saying, hey, get back out there, be, be, be tough. Yeah. You know what we <laughs> discovered? We discovered that rejection actually is triggered by certain mm. things you say and do unconsciously that cause the other person to put their guard up pick up on the fight mm. interesting yeah i know working with hundreds of tradies like exactly what you're talking about and the fear they go through they speak openly with me about it yeah and it's like you know i've gone into a couple of places and now i feel less confident than i did after yeah. you revved me up to go and do it so <laughs> exactly. so I don't feel like I'm going to get any more work. I just, exactly. I'll just sit back and hope that work comes in without me pushing um, or getting out there at least. Yeah, you know? yep, exactly. Mm. So what can people do about that fear of rejection and to become comfortable around people saying no? Well, the real key is never to create no's. <laughs> and see, I like to remove the resistance from the beginning not fight the battle at the end see we're so used to taking bullets we put what we would call sales armor on during the day when we're at work we put our uh, shield around us we get out there we're ready for battle yeah we take a hit they take a hit and that was a tough day it got rejected a little bit that's i'm tough see we're used to that battle but in my role with my clients we never go into battle because we don't have a battle. Because we know how to remove the resistance out of the process from that. So the way you shift your thinking on this to remove rejection is you let go of your goal of the sale. Meaning when you go meet with a potential client or prospect, your goal is not to make the sale. Your goal is to diagnose their problem, like a doctor mm -hmm. and a patient. And be problem-centric and see if they want to solve their problem or not not high, not to hire you, even though they have to hire you to solve it, but you don't want to go in thinking, I hope I get this deal. I hope I get the sale. I hope this works out because that's your goal. That's not their goal. So the real shift here is letting go of your own agenda and going to their world psychologically and being with them and them feeling you care about them, which hello, that's rare. Yeah. But you actually want to solve their problem. And that's the real key because it's very easy for us to start promoting ourselves and say, oh, I can do that. Oh, well, I've been around for 20 years. I got 20 trucks. Oh, hey, hey. see, we were used to defending ourselves by trying to make that sale. Yeah. I love that. Um, it's actually a lesson I learned too by coincidence, I guess, where I'd walk into a couple of examples. I'd walk into an office field, like say if I was targeting 
my target audience was property managers. Um, it's usually predominantly uh, females. And when you get a big group of females, there's always like this head honcho one that's really bossy. Um, so I remember sitting down at a table, there's like 10 property managers around this huge table. And I was like this new electrician, just like, hey. <laughs> and I would, I would sit down and she'd be like, thanks for joining us, Greg. So what do you, what do, you do? What do you charge? Uh, this, that. Okay, thanks so much for joining us. We'll see you later. I was like, oh, wow. what just happened? Like, Whoa. I was just like, okay, yep, no worries. And I, and I walked out and I didn't hear from them again. Wow. Um, so I started to develop what you were just talking around, which was show that you care. Right. And, um, I, and so just take an exact example with a different company now. And I sat down and that same person, the head honcho goes, all right, Greg, tell us about your business. What do you charge? I was like, love to but I'd love to find out more about you first and boom, you're into the questioning. There you go. Um, so yeah, I love that's that. The, the real the key is to flip the tables, but to do it with languaging that's respectful mm. and not abrupt and not uncomfortable yeah. for you. And that's what, I, so I built a whole body work around what I call trust based languaging words and phrases that turn the tables softly. So it feels natural, not yeah. abrupt. I'll give you an example. Let's say, you have a call with somebody over the phone. It's a first call, a potential client, good chemistry. It looks like a good opportunity for you. And that call kind of comes to a close. Normally, at the end of a call like that, we're trying to say things like what? How about we move forward, yes, sign move up, forward. Your proposal? You... What, yep. See, we're conditioned. But we have an opportunity to move things where? To the side. Forward, towards our yeah. goal. Yeah. So, same scenario, but what happens though, if you try and do that with someone, move them forward and they aren't ready yet, you break trust with them right at the beginning. Mm. So same scenario, our mindset, our approach. Call is going well, good chemistry, call comes to an end. Ron saying, hey, how about we move forward? What we say instead is this. We say, where do you think we should go from here? Yeah, yeah. Put it in back in their court to decide. Yeah, it removes the whole pressure from it, the whole situation. When you say to somebody, where do you think we should go from here? They're usually in a state of shock. Oh, yeah, yeah. You can't believe. Yeah. Somebody would ask them, they're so used to being sold by everybody else. All of a sudden you become unique, a category of one, someone they can trust, actually cares about them. Mm. Yeah, I love that. Simple phrases like that can change the entire game. I'll give you another one, for instance. And I'm going to ask you and your listeners to take an oath with me, a verbal one, uh, to remove one key phrase forever from a vocabulary, never used again in your sales life after this recording. Now, if you've been in sales for a long time, uh, this might hurt just a bit. So hopefully it's okay with your listeners for fun. <laughs> yeah. but I'm going to ask everyone or the listeners on this call to listen to the recording. To never again use these, this phrase ever again in selling. Here it is. You ready? Never again use the word follow up ever again in your sales. Oh my God. Life. All my members right now are like, oh. <laughs> what's <laughs> the only the industry in the world that uses the word follow up? Hi, I'm calling a follow up. Who's doing that? Uh, in the call, you mean? Yeah, who's saying I'm calling a follow up typically? Exactly. Yeah. Sales people. That's yeah. sales 101. Oh, they're yeah. calling me follow up. There's a few more classic ones. Remember yeah. those old ones? Touching base. Yeah. Checking in. These yeah. are like 1980s languaging, right? So if you use that languaging, they immediately connect you to the stereotypical salesperson. Bomb, we got to move the sale forward. So here's what we say instead try this. I'm giving you a ring or a call to see if you have any feedback on our previous conversation, any oh, feedback yeah. on the proposal, yeah. any feedback on the issue. See, feedback isn't going forward towards sale. It's going mm -hmm. to reverse away from it. When you reverse the process, take the pressure out of it, they come towards you, not away mm -hmm. from you. It's amazing. If yeah. you try that one word, you'll be shocked. You're like, oh my God, they won't stop talking. Oh my God, this guy was right. Because that one simple language flip mm. changes everything. Yep. Cool. But just to clarify, we as salespeople need to follow up. 
Well, Mate, we're not saying we're calling to follow up. That's no, case. right. You change, you yeah. change the languaging. Yeah. Obviously, if you have a sales process involved with getting a hold of someone, you got to call them back. Yeah. You don't yeah. just not do that. But the words themselves that you use. Yeah. Don't use can't that language. Be sales words. Oh, 101. Follow up. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Love that. Hey, I'm um, just on that as well. I've got a, a real life example of how I manage complaints. Um, and if we've got someone who's got a complaint, most people go in and defend themselves. You know, I'm offended. How could you think that? Right. You know, this is why it cost me so much to run my business. That's why it costs what it does. Not always like defending on the back foot. Uh, my way to handle a complaint is to call and say, I'm so sorry you're feeling that way. What do you think we should do? And, and they're like, right. well, it doesn't matter. I just wanted you to, I just wanted you to know. I was like, okay, yeah, no, totally. Um, but I'm really sorry. And I want to do something to, to make sure you're feeling good about the situation. You know, just you calling me like this has solved the problem. Exactly. <laughs> and um, yeah. we see one star reviews turn to five stars just Absolutely. because of that one. Yeah. Because our instinct is fight or flight. Mm. But we're talking about what you're saying there is a middle ground, which is when you diffuse the resistance and you re-engage again. You don't mm. defend yourself. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Very good. Very good. Awesome. So shall we talk about, because I'd love to talk about like initial contact because we're always discussing, should we email? Should we call? Should we drop in? Sure. How do we break the ice initially with the customer to encourage trust from the get-go? Because you're saying the deal is lost at the start now. Yeah. I'd love to hear how you feel people should in, like initiate a conversation with someone that's so new. so give me a scenario then are you talking about like give me a situation so I yeah understand. i'll give you i'll give you a couple so first of all let's say um uh, i want to i want to get a new builder on so for trades people uh i want to you know there's a high-end builder here i want to be their new contractor of choice preferred contractor uh so how do we go about firstly going in and getting past the gatekeeper um who's sitting at reception because usually these businesses have an office. Is this, got, is this a phone call then we're talking about? Whatever you think's best. Let's start with a phone call. Yeah, let's do that. So okay, so let's say let's just say for a minute you get a hold of the owner or you you get you get through to the right person. Their mobile phone, you got a number for some reason. Mm -hmm. So what's the typical way people introduce themselves? So how do they know? How's no, how do they normally do it? Your people. How, what's the usual uh, entry point? How do they normally say? I th I'll go off what I think typical traders sure. yeah, would say. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah rather than what academy people would. But yeah. with the typical tradesperson, I think your initial phone call is, hi, my name's Greg from Response Electricians. I was just wondering if uh, we could catch up to see if we can do some electrical work for you. Uh, I'm yeah. not interested, thank you very much. Uh, okay, okay, yeah. <laughs> okay, so, <laughs> oh my yeah. God, I'm hurt. No, yeah, yeah, so that's great <laughs> because what you just did is what most people do, is they start the conversation assuming a next step. Yeah, that's the mistake you make right away. That's what salespeople do. And the whole goal is not to do what everyone else does, but the opposite. So here's how we would suggest starting the call. So if you're loving the podcast, please share with your friends, anyone that's thinking about starting a tradie business or got a large tradie business. We help everyone from startup all the way up to million dollar plus months. We'd love to help you too. And lastly, it would mean a lot if you could leave a review on the player that you're listening to this on. It helps us get out there and help more tradies in business perform better and create better lives for themselves. Hi, Greg. My name's Ari. And I'm hoping you can help me out for a moment. Sure. What do you need? Great. That's exactly what I want to happen. <laughs> Because see, I didn't say where I'm from. I could be a customer. I could be the ATO. You don't. So your your natural response will always. Be, uh, you don't even introduce yourself. Uh, no, you don't say where you're from. They don't care about that. Mm. What they care about is are you safe to talk to? <clears throat> mm. So you want to create what I call a two way dialogue at hello, not resistance. Mm -hmm. So when you say hi, my name's Ari. I'm hoping you can help me out for. A moment and lower your voice at the end drop your voice don't go hey i'm hoping you help me out for a moment 
Yeah, no, different. Totally you gotta, different. You got to drop yeah. your tonality so they they come engage you. If mm. you don't do that, they'll pull back. You have a war going on right there. <laughs> I'm hoping you can help me out for a moment. Yep. And down say, accent. Yeah, down. And then they're going to say, how can I help you? Yep. That's a great start to the opening phrase. Then from there, you say this. You say, I'm just giving you a call, giving you a ring to see if you'd be open. That's the key word. If you'd be open to considering, uh, a, a potentially considering an additional electrician or optional plumber or having additional resource on your team that could provide you support around whatever you want to say. So it, you, you mm-hmm. plug in what you do there. But the key word is, would you be open to considering? Yeah. See, that's very respectful. It's elegant. It's not shoving your offer in that hello. Yeah. That's trust building. Mm-hmm. Love that. Yeah, that's super cool. Um, so we've we've done that initial call. They go, sure. Uh, why don't we catch up for a, a coffee? Why don't we catch up for a meeting? Why don't you drop in? Why don't you send me an email? Actually, let's go there. Why don't you send me an email? Because that's usually a dead end, right? Or a way to like, sure, we'll get rid of you by just getting you off the phone so I can get back to Well, it. so to avoid that, you have to preempt that. So if you're having a good conversation within a couple of minutes and they really have to go, you're the first one to say, why don't we do this? That's the key bridging phrase. <laughs> yep. Why don't we do this? Why don't we schedule a time to meet up for 15 minutes on our diaries right now? And we can just meet up and see if we can do something together. Would you be, op- would you be open to that? Do you take yep. control and you schedule the appointment? You don't mm-hmm. wait for them to say to you, oh, send me an email. Yes. That's what we do. See, we're so afraid. We sit back. We just kind of hope it all goes well. But they have full control, and then you lose everything. Uh, 100%. That's really good. All right. So um, so we've scheduled a call. Um, would you recommend – how would you recommend phone calls beat like a drop-in, for instance, if you were to walk into someone's office versus – sending an initial email. Would you recommend against an email as an initial contact? Um, how do we? Well, if in a, in a COVID world where we're sort of kind of in there or getting out of it now, I would say schedule a Zoom call. Yep. On their phone, on the, uh, you know, yeah. on the job site. Nice to meet you. Yeah. Obviously, if they want to have you come in, then that's even better. Yeah. But... If let's just say it's on Zoom, okay, on your phone. Hi, nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. Then you want to start the call like this, not them. You'd say, "Can you tell me a little bit about your business and where you think you might need some help around X, Y, Z?" So you be the consultant. You find out where the problem is. You find the need. You don't talk about yourself. Oh, I've been for twenty years. I'm looking for some work. He doesn't care about that. What he cares about is where do you fit into his resources mm. and then your goal is to have him give you a try with one job okay. when you mean that here's the offer say is there one small piece of work or one job coming up that we can give each other a try on and see how we go together a foot in the door yeah they can see and trust you first yep because they're all oh. going to have someone else already right yeah i've already got i've got an electrician already i've got a sparky I've already yep. got a plumber. Mm-hmm. You, you, here's what you say. That's fine. I, that's no problem. I wasn't looking to replace who you currently have. Yeah. First thing you do, take it off the table. Yeah. I just wanted to see if you'd be open mm-hmm. to giving someone else a try in a small scale and see if there's some more work out there for everyone. Would you be open to that? Man, it's going to be hard for anyone to say no to that without being rude <laughs> like, exactly yeah. you just pinpointed exactly the core of this yeah the way in which you're communicating is so different and so you know trust-based and so human they can't help but to say yes mm-hmm. not because of your offer but because of the way you're communicating you see we live in a world of commodization now where a plumber is a plumber is a plumber they, they, they don't know the difference between, you know, who's good and who's not good. So they can't judge you on performance until you actually get the work done. So what do they have to judge you on? Your approach. 
Mm-hmm. If you have a unique approach, like I'm teaching you right now, as different than everybody else, that becomes your differentiator over time. Mm. That's super cool. Yeah, I like it. I like it a lot. Sweet. So let's just say they say, um, not right now for the, I'm not going to give you a try, not right now. Um, I don't have a small job right now. I'm just happy with the guy I've got. Is this a process that you recommend moving forward so that we have a, a process in the academy called Leads Never Die? Sure. Um, so is there a process that you feel would be a good amount of time to follow up someone like that? I, well, know, look, I mean, not follow up. No, that's fine. Stay in touch. Yeah. <laughs> Stay in so touch I, I would just say, first of all, if there's no problem to solve at that time, then walk away. Disengage. Don't keep pushing. Say, hey, no, no problem at all. I appreciate it. Would you be open? That's the key, always the key magic phrase. Yeah. Would you be open to us keeping in touch? Um, and maybe me ringing you every, every while to see if there's an opportunity comes up in the future. Would you be open to that? Yeah, I'm sure they'll be open to that. What's the worst that can happen? I just ignore the call. Yeah, cool. Well, they won't ignore it if the way you're treating them from the beginning is done right. True. I'll take your call. Yeah. That's the whole point. See, we're so used to being ignored because we're chasing people, numbers game, they're rejecting us. See, they're rejecting sales approaches that they hate. Mm. When you enter the conversation this way, it's a breath of fresh air. They're, this is what they're looking for. Yeah. People who, who communicate with respect. It's what's missing in the business world right now. Integrity, respect, and communication. Yep. We're all so busy running through the, to the machine, we don't have time to stop and breathe and actually connect with someone. Mm. Yeah, I think that's so important. You know, the showing that you care by asking great questions is, and, and being subtle with your approach, like you're, you're saying, are you open to, you know, exactly. really, really cool. Really cool. Uh, so with the, let's just say we don't have the business owner or decision makers phone number. Do you sure. have any, do you have any strategies around how to get in touch with those people? Uh, trust based size like social stuff and all that, or SMS or like any way that you recommend is a good way to get through. Well, I, I like yeah. doing a, a drip campaign offline to a target market. So if you, let's say you have a list of 50 contractors that you're trying to get work with mm-hmm. a target less of 50. I, I, what I would do if it was me, I was create a postcard series, a full page postcard, like a normal piece of paper, this size. Yeah. up here and then stuff front and back. And every mm-hmm. month you keep sending this to them. The same one? Oh, different a different one. one, a different one. Maybe yep. an article about your field or some information. Just a little like a newsletter almost. Yeah. That's paper-based, in the mail, not digital, physical. They hold in their hand. They keep looking at it once a month. Mm. Maybe change the color from pink one month to blue one month, yellow one month. <clears throat> and then you call and say, I'm just giving you a call to see if you receive my newsletter in the mail by any chance. It's the one with the different colors on every month. That's the one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I got that one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Make it memorable. The challenge with digital now, it's been it's commoditized. The inbox is full with them, their mother, their their it's just like that. So you can't mm-hmm. win on their inbox anymore, unfortunately, because the spam filters and they won't take you seriously. You need to do a different approach that they can feel like you're different. Yeah. Yeah, super cool. So we we think as well, uh, yeah. I'd love to hear your feedback on it. Sure. Because this is a strategy that we've talked around and people have executed and got results from, um, but how can we improve this? Okay. So send an email, uh, knowing that 98% of the time, it's not going to be read. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Just send it. Like you send the email. Now when you call, uh, you say to the gatekeeper or the receptionist, Hey, I'm just calling John. Uh, just following up an email I sent the other day. That's fine. Uh, And then, so Judy goes, yep, sure. I'll put you through to John. Um, really natural conversation like um so that goes through to john uh and then we're on the phone to john and we can have that conversation like you said um i would say hi john i'm hoping you yeah be out for a moment as soon as you got him on the phone eh? it doesn't matter what you did doesn't matter where you came from you always start there that way they're at your level playing field 
Then you can say, but I sent you a couple of emails. Then you can get into it from there. Sure. Yeah. Love it. Cool. Oh, this is all blending together in my head yeah. like a puzzle piece. It's really cool. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, love to hear some feedback on for us as tradespeople, having better connection. And this is probably more for staff and for the business owners to train their own staff around how do we help uh, our customers we go out uh, receive more value on site. So for instance, you go out and it might be a, a dripping tap as a plumber, it might be a blown globe as an electrician, it might be a broken stone wall as a landscaper, whatever it is, it's a small job. How can we then turn that small job into a more valuable job for the customer in the sense that they, you're improving their life, their home, improving their property value um, or it might be a commercial setting where it's uh, you're doing a preventative maintenance to reduce the cost over time how once we're on site how do we maximize the value of that job in a trust-based way well if it's a small job and the job's over the job's over obviously you can ask them if they have any other work to do but what i would do to be called back again I create what I call a trust box. And a trust box is a gift box you give to them after the job. Mm. Now, this is totally not consistent. You know, people don't do this normally. But like I sent you, I sent you a trust box that had inside that box a lot of things in there. Yeah. Set the tone of the relationship. Now, I think if your traders came up with something and you got that truck and brought them out a gift, it's, I just wanted to thank you so much for the opportunity. Here's a gift for you. And they open this box and go, oh my God, there's cookies in there, whatever, you know, mm. pens, something really fun. Just watch the chemistry of their face change and how they perceive you. They go, oh my God, I'm going to use you forever. This is amazing. You're amazing. Every time you're amazing. And it's really, it's about the next job you want. If there's no work there. So essentially, if you could just, the, I assume that your people are competent and they can get the job done. But it's more than the job. It's the experience you create when the job is done that they call you back again. And the gift, I think, with purchase is the way to go. Oh, it's that there as well is the thing that people talk about to their friends. That's like, exactly. oh, he, wasn't, he didn't just come out and do a great job. He dropped off some chocolates or like he gave exactly. me a gift offers. Yeah. We just had heaps of renovations done at our house um, over the last year and yeah. not one person gave us a gift. <laughs> <laughs> so just to show 100% of the people that came out to our house didn't do that. Yeah. So it really would set yourself apart if you did That's something. The similar. whole key right now in your business is to differentiate, <clears throat> is to become what I call the category of one. Do what everyone else is not doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's the number one principle that I live by. I agree with that because a lot of my marketing is me singing and dancing. <laughs> Not many tradies do that. So, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and it works. Oh, so good. But none of my customers ever get me. There you, there you go. <laughs> so, uh, the carrot that's not yeah. achievable. Um, but that's okay. Um, I absolutely love what we're talking about right now. I'd love to hear, is there any other steps in the process we haven't covered yet? I think the real big picture here and the real big idea is you're the doctor, they're the patient. Your job is to diagnose their problem. Your job is to match them to you. You're selecting them, they aren't selecting you. You have to reverse your thinking on this and enter the conversation around their world and their problem that they're trying to solve without you selling yourself. Because if you start with that positioning, then they come your direction. If you start with talking about you and trying to sell yourself, their guard's gonna go up and you're gonna hit what I call the wall. Yeah. Yeah, totally. For all of the Academy members listening, you guys can start to use the report that we show you the build out and incubator to uh, start these conversations. To It's almost like the doctor's checklist, you know? So exactly. um, you can go through and you can have a really honest conversation and really educate your customer on how they can improve their home, whether that's safety or aesthetics or efficiency or whatever it is that your trade delivers. I think it's, uh, um, 
yeah, it's an awesome opportunity. Like saying that, it's a diagnosing how you can add value. And exactly. by doing that, you're building trust. Exactly right. <clears throat> yeah, totally. Cool. Um, that's really cool. So I'd love to hear more about um, more around how you got into selling and maybe some of the challenges you face, like where people will go wrong with this process. Uh, we talked quickly around some of the typical strategies, but if you've got some real life examples of where you, you know, stuffed up a sale, um, make people aware of where the steps uh, and how that impacts them, I think that creates a, a great awareness for someone when they're going, it's like, don't do that. <laughs> Just don't do that. That's what he said. <laughs> so I, mean, I think uh, the real key is to catch yourself wanting to jump in too soon. Mm -hmm. See, our instinct is when we get, we have an opportunity in front of us, our whole system goes, Ooh, this is a good job. I, I could do this. This is, this is perfect for me. And we can't help ourselves, but start to jump in and start talking about ourselves and what we do will come out. And you've got to really restrain yourself mm -hmm. from prematurely jumping in too soon until they're ready to move towards you and hire you. Now, what I mean by that is, let's just say describe, they describe their problem to you and, and they're shopping around, whatever, you know, and you're like, yeah, I can do this job. And, and you say, yeah, I, I can do it. So rather than you jumping in and say, I think this is a, a problem I can help you solve. Where would you like to go from here? Yep. Yep. That's great. And then they're going to say, well, how, how, how do you work? Or how, see, I want, you always want the customer to say this to you in certain words. How can you help me? Mm. That moment has to happen before you jump in and start to pitch yourself. It's almost like, um, if you do, if you do jump in too soon, that like you were saying, the guards come up and it's exactly. like, nah, I'm not doing it. No, because they feel like they're being sold now. And they're going to say that. Yeah. Let me think about it. Send me a proposal. Yeah, I'm more interested. I'll talk to my husband about it. Get back to you next Tuesday. Yeah. And you're stuck chasing ghosts after that. Mm. I just kind of follow up. Click. You want to avoid the resistance by removing it from the beginning, not dealing with it at the end. Yeah. I was actually talking to one of our peak formers right before this call around um, we were in a small group coaching session and he was uh, needing to hire someone. And I said, same principles apply. You know, when we go through our sales yeah. flow, when you're hiring someone in the market at the moment for hiring tradies is really difficult. Yeah, yeah. There's nearly no one looking right. for jobs. Yeah. Um, and when you get someone, whether it's uh, headhunting or you've, you've gone out and it's the same situation. And, yeah. You know, you go to a builder, they've already got a trade in your trade space. They already feel like they've got a relationship there. Same when you go to another tradie who's working for someone, they feel like they've already got a relationship. So you've got to go through the same process to get someone who's already working for someone. And if you want talent, like good talent, like a good client, you actually, you're probably not going to find them on Seek or Indeed or any of those hiring services. So we need to be clever about our approach. So I'd love to hear your feedback on using this trust-based selling for your like prospective staff that you might want to hire over time and how you can nurture that. You know, I had a client once who took my concept and languaging and used it internally as internal communication. Like when they did reviews of their team, the boss would say to the, uh, the employees, you know, would you be open to sharing what you thought you did well this quarter? Like you're using the phrases <laughs> inside how they communicate. I love that. And this is where this applies in a different environment. You can take the same concept and materials and use it within your own company. So the whole company learns the principles, how to communicate with trust. Then you have a free flowing business without resistance, no politics, no games, because everyone is focused on getting to the truth. Yeah. Cool. So how would you go about, say if we did have a bit of a lead or someone says, you know, oh, my friend's electrician, he's working for such and such company. And you say, oh, what's his phone number or her phone number? And I'll give them a call. 
Um, and then you get their number. I'd love to just to apply what you just said. I mean, how to recruit? Them, how to recruit them? You mean? Recruit them? Yeah. Oh, okay. So yeah. I, I, I would, you know, get the guy's name, call him his phone, mobile phone. Hey, it's Jim. Yep. And you won't be surprised. What I'm gonna say right now, right? Yeah, I know what you're gonna say, but it'll be good for the listeners <laughs> to hear it. <laughs> Hi, Jim. My name's Ari, and I'm hoping you can help me out for a moment. Switch. Every single <laughs> initiation should always start that way. And he'll say, how can I help you? Then he say, look, I, my name is, you know, and I run a company and I was referred to your name and I want to see if you'd be open. Or have you ever thought about the idea of potentially upgrading your, your, what you're doing right now to a different company with a, with a bigger, better pay package and a happier place to work? Would you be open to that? <laughs> yes love it go cool. it's all about the way you communicate it's how you communicate is where the magic is mm. people don't think about that they just show up and start talking they don't think about how they're being perceived and received within their communication mm. that's why i do a lot of coaching with people entrepreneurs i coach them on how to articulate their proposition in a way that without being perceived as selling somebody yeah mm. Cool. Sweet. Oh, all right. I think we, um, we get the point and I think everyone's dying to go and apply this. I think this is awesome. Right. Uh, for, for all you guys in the academy, make sure you're putting these people in the history of having these conversations into your marketing funnel that we show you to build. I think that's really important. Um, but Ari, I would love to find out more about you, man. Like I see you got a Les Paul there in the corner. <laughs> you play a bit of guitar. Just learning now. Yeah. Oh, sweet. So how long you been learning for? Uh, last few months taking lessons yeah. and started getting the hang of it. I'm really enjoying it. Amazing. Cool. Yeah, I've actually started a, a music production diploma, which can oh, roll really? into a bachelor oh, wow. um, at SAE in Byron Bay here where I live. Cool. Um, so yeah, that's been really cool. I've uh, nice. I've been passionate about music forever. I played oh, piano okay. and guitar and sung in a band when I was younger. Oh, wow. And um I I uh, actually when I started my business at twenty two, I I was so focused on right. growing the business. It just took up and ate all my life up. Right, right. Um, and I stopped playing for like seven years. And then there was just this feeling in, inside of me. It's like, something's not right. Like something's missing. And then um, picked up the guitar again and I go, that's what it was. And my was whole it. intention was to, to start a business, get it automated so I could spend time with my family and play music. So exactly. um, <laughs> you came full circle. Totally forgot about it. Yeah. Funny. So, um, so that's cool. Uh, what do you love to play or listen to? Uh, gosh, all kinds. My, my son plays guitar at school. Um, I used to play violin for 12 yep. years as a kid. So I like classic, I like all kinds, big variety right now. Yeah. So you're used to string instruments. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly. Yeah. I really enjoy cool. it. And how old are your kids now? Uh, so Toby, believe it or not, is almost 18. Oh, yeah. Uh, hard to believe. Uh, yeah. He plays by basketball, very mainstream, doing great. Got Nathan. He's a brown belt in karate and he's just great. And a daughter as well, who's uh, 12. So between three of them, it keep me busy. But um, yeah, look, I'm just trying to help people become more authentic, stop playing the games with, with, with themselves and the, mm. their, 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 the people around them and just learn how to build trust in a way that people resonate with them, you know? And I know people, your people, I'm sure have good hearts. They care about their, their customers. They care about their people, but it may be the way they communicate is the problem. Mm. I think it would be. And I think a lot of that is comes down to firstly, not knowing how to talk about themselves without it seeming correct. You know, self-centered. Yeah. Self-centered and egotistical or whatever. Exactly. Um, and then secondly, not having a process, I think as well. So, yeah. um, you know, that's what we see a lot, uh, with the guys that come into the academy is lack of process, lack of systems, and they're yep. just winging it. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then when they start to go, oh, what? So I just have to do that, then that, then that, then that, exactly. then that, and I get results far out. This is exactly. awesome. Exactly. <laughs> totally. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Cool. Um, what have you learned as a dad? Oh gosh. Well, being Toby's dad, mm. I've learned to be very patient and to let the kids be feel independent 
Uh, I'll tell you a quick story. I spoke a couple of years ago at a huge event in Sydney, like 500 people. At the end of my talk, some guy runs down the aisle up to stage, jumps on stage, and I'm like, whoa. I said, do you have your own business? He goes, no. Are you in sales? He goes, no. I go, so why do you want to learn about what I do? He goes, because I have a teenage son. He's like, whoa, what's going on? He got a new car. He got his license. He comes past curfew every night. He has got the ear earpods on. He goes right by me, and he cannot. He won't listen to me. He's we can't communicate. It's like uh, two ships in the night crossing each other. If you have a teenager, you know what I'm talking about. And so he studied my material and some coaching with us. He calls me back and says, Ari, here's what happened. He, my son came home one night. I took a deep breath, went to your mindset, and I used your language. And I said to him, son, and he was very calm. Would you be open to the possibility of us working together to solve this problem of you coming home late every night? Would you be open to that? He says this to his son. His son goes, are you on drugs, dad? What's wrong with you? Are you drinking something? What? He, he couldn't, <laughs> he's not used to this communication. Yeah. He's used to being told what to do and being directed what to do. And, and all of a sudden he just dropped his, his guard and mm -hmm. said, okay. And they solved the problem together. Now they're learning how to communicate as a father and son openly, which is so rare. And that's really my goal is to help people learn how to communicate with deep trust. The world mm. needs it right now. Yeah, no, totally. Um, I love it how the same phrase can be used in so many different ways. Yes. And I, I got a challenge for the listeners today. By the end of the day, your challenge is to use this phrase and to see what sort of effect it has on whoever you're speaking it to. And uh, it will be the start of you practicing it with clients, yep. with staff, with prospective uh, recruiting, um, with your wholesalers, with everyone that you're dealing with in life, with your children, with your wife, with your dog. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so I, I'm really uh, excited for everyone to put that into practice. So um, before we wrap up, Ari, I'd love to see if there's any last words that you'd like to share with the, the listeners today. I would just say, stop selling and build trust set with people. Watch what happens. Yeah. Take the edge off yourself. Take the pressure off yourself and just be in their space and watch the magic happen. It just, it just, it, it's incredible. It's just hard to describe. Amazing. I appreciate you coming on then. And uh, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom and your experience and I think a lot of people are going to benefit from this one. So I appreciate it. Thank time. you for having me and uh, just have your folks reach out to me on LinkedIn that they want. I'm always there and I have a show once a month called Stump the Guru where they can jump on, ask me their toughest sales challenges and we can connect that way. Amazing. Cool. Thanks so much. All right. Take care. See ya. Bye-bye.